Hey there, this is Jennifer. Um, I wanted to give you a quick heads up on this next episode. This episode is one of the special episodes that we have that is recorded live with an audience at the Buckhead Club in Atlanta. So we have a unique opportunity to host this event called Meet the Author at the Buckhead Club and um, and make it an episode, record an episode of the Author's Way podcast. So if you're interested in attending one of these live events, please reach out to me. My email address and my LinkedIn um, contact is in the show notes. And so reach out to me. Let me know that you would like to attend. If you go to my website, execurite.com slash events, those events will be available there on the site as well. And you can register. Um, it is an in-person event. We don't stream it. So you have to be in the Atlanta area for the event, but go ahead and check it out. And I would love to see you there and to join us for this live recording and bring your questions with you for, for the author. Can't wait to see you there. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Hey there, welcome to the Author's Way podcast, The Journey to Finding Your Voice. My name is Jennifer Wright. I am the podcast host. And today we are here with Catherine Marshall. You heard from Catherine Marshall the very first episode. So um, she's joining me again. We are also here at the Buckhead Club in Atlanta, Georgia for a live recording of the podcast with a group of very lovely people. Um, they're going to have some great questions later on after we, after Catherine and I chat for, for just a little bit. Um, and I think it's going to be, we're going to have a great conversation. Catherine has two books. I'll let her talk about her books. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, her book writing process and kind of how she got started. So if, you, if you've heard some, a couple of the past podcasts, we are focusing on the theme of getting started in the first quarter. So, so we're going to talk to her about that. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Excited thanks. to be here with everyone. Yes. And thanks to everyone here in the club with me. Um, this is a, a great crowd. And I think almost every one of them told us that they're either thinking about or they're working on a book. So that is awesome. That makes my my heart happy. Um, so tell us a little, first introduce yourself sure. a little bit. Tell us about you. Yeah. So um, I've kind of been a lifelong entrepreneur mm -hmm. and a creative. So mm -hmm. when I was very, very young, I always had creative ideas about selling things and programs mm -hmm. and so forth. Started mm -hmm. out in the painting industry at age 16, <laughs> of all things, residential house painting house painting yes. residential and commercial painting okay. so you know I've just had a love for business my mm -hmm. entire life um my family comes from a long line of business owners mm -hmm. my uncle owned four businesses out in Colorado mm -hmm. um so I I think he was kind of my first mentor my right. grandparents were in mm -hmm. the electrical business they had an oh. electrical store when electricity came out Oh, wow. So, yeah, very interesting. So we always talked about business in my family. Um, my stepfather, uh, who became my stepfather when I was 16, they have had a printing business for over 100 years. Nice. So our entire family has kind of been in some capacity of business, and it's just kind of been in my blood my entire life. So what do you do now? 
So I do business consulting, mm -hmm. you know, the virtual wealth book that we'll talk about really speaks to creating relationships for revenue, but it's yeah. a lot more than that. There are a lot of facets to wealth. I've always said it's every part of your life. So it's, you know, what you do, what you eat, how you function for right. the day, your mental health, your emotional stability. So, you know, revenue is a piece of it and it's an important piece, but I always kind of look at it as if everything works together. Right. Awesome. awesome. So mainly business consulting, helping people build relationships with their ideal mm -hmm. people and organizations. So virtual wealth is your third book. My third book. Yes. Um, so virtual wealth came out in 2021. So it's a couple of years old now. Mm -hmm. um, your first book was published in 2014. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that one? Well, actually, I wrote a book that was not published on Amazon originally, and it's a nutrition log, and we use it with our clients, but it's a nutrition log and recipe book. So that was the first book that I ever wrote. When I, I worked in the fitness industry for many years, and I said, we really have to have some type of a manual in order for people to be successful. So I took a checklist and put it together and, you know, this was just something that I originally put together that was not published anywhere. We, we use it privately, but the first book that we put together, Jennifer, thank you. You helped me get started on writing my book and were my, you've been my writing coach and the person that's helped me with all the pieces of the puzzle because I could throw a bunch of ideas down on paper, it's not gonna come out like a polished book. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, people kept asking me, when are you gonna write a book? So I did several different things. And I think when you keep hearing the question, it's kind of like you're asking yourself the question. And people keep saying, when are you gonna write your book? And one day my stepmother sat me down and she said, so when are you gonna write your book? And she had her hands crossed and I was like, okay, I'm going to get started. <laughs> so, and it took, a, it took us about a year to produce the book about right. 12 months yeah. with help. I remember, um, I was a person, I, you were my personal trainer for a while. And I remember us talking, um, when we were training, we would get together every Saturday and you would say, you know, I want to write my book. And, um, and finally we were like, okay, we got to do this. this we got to get it going. Yeah. 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 Um, it was such a fantastic process that we went yeah. away. Um, I had a friend who had a, a house on the beach up in North Carolina and we went away to um, that house and we ate a lot of chocolate and we drank a lot of wine. Yeah, uh, there was cake and chocolate. And there was cake. <laughs> There was, it was cake. It was really good. There was a lot of really good food. And we wrote a book about um, fitness and, and nutrition. <laughs> so um, it was fun. Uh, but it was kind of a magical weekend because, yeah. you know, we slept in, we just had a lot of fun and it was extremely productive and you were so organized. You had this printer with you and Jennifer had this process where she would take all of the concepts and put these big post-its up all over the wall and the windows. And it was like, you had the process and she'd come back and ask me questions and I would produce more content. So, but it was so much fun for both of yeah. us. It was, it was really a great weekend to remember. It was, it was. And so it was, it was an interesting process, but, but it still took us time. I mean, that weekend was great and we came out with a ton of work, but there was, you know, we had still the more time. time. Yeah. The there weekend. was so much time yeah. that we had to spend, yeah. spend working on it. But, um, I would say that probably, um, and one of the things I always tell people is find ways to make it joyful. It, it shouldn't be stressful. 
Um, and I think that's one of the things that, that you were able to do through yep. your process. So this is the first book. It's called Simple Fat Burn, Three Steps to Becoming Fit and Lean. So this was published um, in 2014 and sold a few thousand copies. I originally published on lulu.com, if you remember yes. that. And everyone's like, who's Lulu? Right. <laughs> So I, and then I, after I was on there for several months, I sold about 800 copies on Lulu and it was taking a long time for people to get copies in hand. And I said, you know, I need to get it up on Amazon. So that was the next step. So I, I probably had it for six or eight months on just Lulu. But then when I would speak, it was so easy for people to go right on that app and buy the book. So I recommend getting your book where people can get it and get their hands on it quickly. I might be at an event and, you know, they might buy 30 books and then 10 people are walking out the door and they've already bought the book. So make it accessible for people. I think, yeah. and, and I, I found that Amazon was just so easy to have Amazon and Kindle as your first go-to. And then when you get to a certain point, I was at an event one day and somebody said, oh, I just bought your book off Barnes and Noble. I said, well, I'm not on Barnes and Noble. They said, well, yes, you are. Because when you hit a certain point, I think it was a thousand books they automatically you got it automatically got picked up by Barnes and yeah. Noble. So, you know, it was a really interesting process getting this first book in the hands of people. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Over the years, the the process has changed dramatically. Um, and now you not only have a self-publishing platform with um, Amazon, but Barnes and Noble now has a, a self-publishing platform, as does Apple. So you can so you can take advantage of more than just the Amazon distribution channels, which is fantastic, mm -hmm. fantastic. So, um, so like I was saying, the theme is kind of getting, getting started. started. Mm -hmm. How did you, when you first were getting started with your first book, what did you have in mind that you were? I mean, yeah. why did you why did you want to do it? Yeah, I had developed this formula to burn fat for anyone men, women, children, seniors, people that have been stuck and it works every single time. So I said, I really need to get this formula into the book and into the hands of people that, you know, you know, they're, they're struggling with weight loss. They're struggling with balancing their blood sugar. So, you know, the book just became a vehicle and a tool for a program, as well as a way that some people will read the book and be like, I got it. Some people would read the book and go, I need help. I'll hire one of your coaches. So we certify our own simple fat burn coaches as well as have online programs. And it's been really successful, really successful. So um, I just felt like there was a need in me to get this into a format that, that so that I could help more people. Right. So the book kind of comes to get you and it becomes something much bigger than just, oh, I want to write a book and I want to be an author. That wasn't really it for me. Right. It was more about helping the people that would read it. And I have to tell you the the joy in reading a review that says, wow, you know what? One of the first ones I read, someone said, you know, I went through cancer treatment. I was stuck with this last 10 pounds after really being off my nutrition and exercise and your book solved my problem. Thank you. And I'll never meet that person. I don't know who they are. So the first time someone came up and shook my hand and said, your book changed my life. Thank you so much. And I didn't know this person. And then it, it's a great marketing tool. You know, someone came up to you once and said, go ahead. So a book is a great marketing tool. 
And I know the first time that I realized that was really true was I was at a conference and someone came up to me and she said, so you're the simple fat burn girl. What's your name? And I had had it all over online. People were buying the book. I was getting reviews. It was on all the social media. So she knew my face and she knew the book, but she didn't know my name. So, but the marketing tool, I mean, it really, it just catapulted my career. It was, it made such a difference to become a published author and, and just have that like a big business card. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's huge. And I don't know that every pipe, everybody realizes how, what the different ways that they can use their book. I hear a lot of people say, well, how do I make sure I get books sold? And I tell them, I said, don't sell them, give them away. Um, I would say do both. Yeah. Do both. But, you know, when I was getting started, going back to that theme, I landed at with a speaker who had, she is known as the female John Grisham, Lisa Scottolini. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but her books are in Walmart. She probably puts out two books a year, not just Walmart, but I mean, they're huge. She, she has 30 million books in print. And I just, I'd been thinking about writing this book and I was taking notes. I guess I was in the process. And she said, you got to market your book. You got to market your book. You got to market your book. So I wrote it down. I got to market my book. <laughs> and before the book was published, I was, you know, putting out little snippets online, like, oh, wow, we got some chapters done or, oh, wow, we got the rough draft back or we're in the editing process. So people were waiting for the book to come out and they were excited to get the book and they knew about the book before it came out. So I was marketing the whole way as I was writing the book. I love that process. Um, and it, there's something about building the community around Absolutely. it. And then you've got like this really interested community by the time, mm -hmm. by the time you have the book, it's, it's a fantastic process. Yeah. And, you know, fun things like, you know, one day a client came to see me and she said, you know, I went to Starbucks and I had your book in hand. And she said, huh, somebody else was in here with that book in hand this morning. <laughs> so I did a good job of speaking at events, selling the book, gifting the book. And, you know, people really knew me for the book when I got it out within the first year. So, yeah. Um, and then if I, you're speaking an event, I would make sure everybody get a copy of the book. Maybe someone would sponsor the books or I would sponsor the books. So when everyone arrives, there's a copy of the book waiting for right. them. So, and that's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And just to sign books for people and, you know. So then you decided to write your second book. The second book. During yes. the pandemic. During the pandemic. Yeah. And this book had been percolating in me for quite mm -hmm. a while because it's really, it's a book about relationships and during the pandemic, I think everyone was concerned with making some money yeah. <laughs> and, and how were they going to do this in, in a different scenario? So it was great timing for me to put this book out. So we hit the Amazon bestseller list the week that the book came out yeah. and we were watching the numbers and we hit it in distance and online learning. I had already had online courses for quite a while. I'd been online before the pandemic and the beautiful thing was through through coaching people online, we saved some businesses of people who were brick and mortar who said, what are we going to do? And we were able to help them go online and get through the pandemic and go, wow, I had my best month ever. So really exciting. Um, I, I became very obsessed with scaling in 2015. So this book is a little bit about scaling. It's about the different aspects of building relationships 
It's about things like self-care. It's about the wheel of life, the wheel of business. So it touches on some different things. It's just a really good tool. Even if you weren't a business person, I think there, I know there are some things in this book that just ring true to life mm -hmm. in terms of how to function and be, be very healthy all the way around. Yeah. And health means a lot of things. Sure does. It means different things to different people. Right. Right. One of the things I like about, about this book, you, you did it in Simple Fat Burn, um, but this book, you really focused on quite a few tools. Um, you have the wheel of life, the wheel of business, the wheel of, what was the third one? The wheel of life, the, the wheel, wheel of, of health, fitness. and yeah. the, the wheel of mm -hmm. health and the wheel of business. And so those are wheels where if you're on the outside, you're good in a certain area. If you're on the inside, you may want to look at that area, mm -hmm. step up your game, learn, you know, expand upon so those wheels were just something that I used very early on in my career. And, and I just came in contact with the Wheel of Life through life coaching. And some of my friends, we go back and do this Wheel of Life periodically and say, if your wheel's really round and you feel like you're pretty good, great. My wheel started out like clunk, clunk, like <laughs> Fred Flintstone's car that did not run. <laughs> so I, I just kept working on the personal development right. of each piece of the puzzle. So. So did you find during the process of writing either of your books, where, where did you find your biggest challenges? Don't say me. Definitely, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> biggest challenges. Um, I think the biggest challenge for myself at times, you go through some lulls where you're just not really producing content. Mm -hmm. And I mean, some people might call it writer's block. But I didn't really feel like I had a writer's block, but there would be weeks or maybe even months where you're working on the book, but you're not getting anything done. And so, you know, for me, I found the best way for me to get through that was to pick the time of day in the week. For me, it was Sunday morning. I would get up and not get dressed and just write until mm -hmm. I couldn't write anymore and mm -hmm. dump content. Right. So, um, but given the structure that you gave me, I mean, we laid out the chapters, we worked through the questions, we got through the editing process. I don't really feel like I had big challenges with writing either book. Um, my mentor used to say, uh, how's the book coming? And then she'd say, do you want me to keep asking? I said, yes, keep asking. Yeah. <laughs> because it's coming. It's like, you know, you're birthing this book and it's, it's a really emotional process for people. You don't know if people are going to like the book. You don't know if you're going to get bad reviews. And I think for some people um, go through with some insecurities of who am I to write a book? Right. And so those are probably things you have to tangle with as you're going through the process. You've got to reconcile those things because you're really putting yourself out there. You're putting your content out there, but you're also, um, you're creating something that is part of your legacy that's going to be in people's hands that you'll never know, as well as when I'm long gone, <laughs> you know, the book may still mean something to somebody and be a value. Right. So it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it is. I do like that you mentioned your, your coach, um, because I found for a lot of people, it's very important to have someone who, and it, it doesn't have to be a coach. It can be a friend. It can be a mentor. It can be someone that's asking you about it. And I think that's actually one of the things that's a benefit of starting to put the information out because now you're kind of accountable to your audience. You're two feet in. Yeah. <laughs> you come yeah. back out of this now. If you've, if you've told your, your friends, your mm -hmm. following, your clients, your mentor, your coach, 
I'm writing a book. Well, how, you know, what do we need to do? When, yeah. When's the book? When's the book? What's the deadline? When's the book going to be done? Right. So you're right. You're, you're building, you're kind of backing yourself into a corner to, to produce this content and you want it to be good. I think that's the thing you want to put out quality. So some people get so hung up on, on pieces like the cover right. or, you know, the content that they never fit. I, I think like 90% of people who start never finish a book. Yeah. The statistics are 80 like 80% of the people um, say they want to write a book. Like overall, 80% of people you, say they want to write a book. When hands go up. Exactly. Yeah. 24% of that 80% have actually started and only 6% have gotten past halfway in the book. So, I mean, the statistics are very interesting when you get into it. Although I think that's probably changing with the self-publishing industry yeah. becoming so accessible. But I did want to say, so if you're writing a book, like I said, it is important to find someone to support you, but keep in mind, it may not be your family. Um, right. A book is a very personal thing and your family just may not understand what you're trying to do. So if you can't seem to get the support from your family, look for it somewhere else. Um, and if you can't find someone, reach out to me. Um, I'll help you find someone because it's, it's, it's a personal thing. It's mind work. It's heavy, heavy mind work. And, um, you know, you, you really do need the support and you need support of, yeah. of, of someone. I, mm -hmm. I've, I've bet very few people write it on their own and produce a book on their own without some type of without some type of support. Yeah, I'll tell you with getting started. Another thing that I did is I went to the bookstore and I sat down with all of the health and fitness books, and I just sat in the bookstore for probably about thirty minutes. I looked at the books, I picked them up, I looked at the um the photos of the authors, yeah. <laughs> and I said, I can get a nice photo on the back of the book. And, I, and and so I looked at what was out there and I saw myself mm. doing this. And I said, if they can do this, I can do this too and make it really nice and professional. And one of my coaches, um, her name was Renee. Renee, when she first got the book in her hands, Renee had already sold like 30,000 books, okay? I mean, she was uh, a coach and a speaker, a professional speaker and an author. She got the book in her hand. She's kept saying, it's so professional. It's so professional. She said it like three times. And and it was just a very proud moment for me to say, look, it's done. And she actually had helped me come up with the three things, the A, B. She said, it's going to be three things for this book, an A, B, C. So the the first one was, it's, a, it's about the food that you eat. The second thing was, it's exercise. Mm -hmm. And she said, what's C? What's the third thing? And I said, oh gosh, it's consciousness. It's what you think. So she helped me just get the, the what is this book about? Three steps to becoming fit and lean. It's three things, like right. three pillars. So she was instrumental in just getting me to that point before I could even get to Jennifer. And I had a concept for a book. And um, we'll turn it over for, for anyone in the audience who has questions. But I, I just want to mention one thing. I love both the books. I'm biased. Well, one thing I like about Simple Fat Burn is we made a conscious effort it's called simple fat burn. It needs to be simple. It needs Very to be simple. simple writing, simple concepts. Well, you always said, let's write this at about a ninth grade level. Yeah. So people can really understand it and mm -hmm. put it into practice. And now we just a couple of days ago, 
uploaded, we have uploaded the third edition. Right. It really needed an update. Mm-hmm. It was the point where we had, so, I had so much new information. I'm like, I was not comfortable putting out the old version of the book right. and promoting it anymore. There are things we pulled, things we changed, things we added. All of the fat burning meals are now in here. Like they're in here. The nuts and bolts of the program are in here. So we took out some things that I said, oh, I just wouldn't recommend you know, protein bars or something like that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. again, I needed an update and it was a, it was quick, but again, it's a new version that has just been published on Amazon, you know, the last, the last, couple, last, of last couple of days. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So you'll have to check it out. It's really good. Um, so, um, questions who, anybody have any questions in the audience? Yes, John. So uh, you just put out the new update and uh, looking forward to uh, purchasing that on Amazon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what other projects do you have planned in the future? You got any more books that you have you're thinking about? Yeah, so the question is for the podcast audience, in case you couldn't hear that, um, just put out the, new, the third edition of Simple Fat Burn. What other projects do you have? Yeah. You stole my question. So in relation to Simple Fat Burn project that um, we're working on with the lead coach Carly, Carly's story is in this book of how she lost mm-hmm. 100 pounds in eight months. Her dad lost 200 pounds in 16 months. So project we've been working on is a two week immersion within the program that goes hand in hand with the book for people to balance their blood sugar, lose weight. So two-week trial immersion, you know, super quick, affordable thing that people can do to get started and have some additional help. So that's one project that we are right in the process of launching Mm -hmm. right now. Um, Other books, yes, there is another book that I have started writing. And this is a book on sales. It is called... Do you know what it's called? Well, unless you've changed it, it's called Heart Center Sales. Heart Center Sales. Yeah. Heart Center Sales. And Jennifer, we were sitting at a table at a wine dinner once and someone said, so what does she do? And Jennifer said, Heart Centered Sales. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, that's such a nice way to put it. And the tagline for the book is the art of conversion, really Mm -hmm. teaching Mm -hmm. through stories. And I think this book is, as it's unfolding, is really... It's case studies and stories mm-hmm. about the art of sales and conversion so that people can really use those case studies. Again, that it's a useful book and it's a book that can be digested very easily and it's a fun, quick read. And that's just kind of my style. I'm a, I'm a minimalist. So it's mm-hmm. always going to be quick and of value. Right, right. David. What do you like about writing now that you've read, you've uh, gone on the fourth book soon here? What do you like about it? You know, that perhaps you had some idea, you got to get it done, you got to get it published, but now you have some experience. What do you like about writing? Okay. So the question is now that you have some experience with writing, what do you like about it? I think what I like the best about it is you can really, I get to share my expertise. And other people can consume that. And it's something that is scalable. It, you know, many people can consume that piece of content and then pass it on to someone else, both through the a physical book as well as the knowledge. So, and I think, you know, there comes a time where, you know, you know, you're good at what you do and you want to share it with more people. And you I, I will tell you, I want people to not struggle. 
I think that's been my biggest motivation through all of the books is to end the struggle with whatever the struggle is and go, no, I have an answer for you. If you're just ready to hear it, if you're ready to put it into place, if you're ready to, to take in that information. So, and it, it just is, it's fun. It is fun to see people do better. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. All right. So she wants to know what are some tips for how to come up with the title of the book? Great question. Great question. So how do you come up with a great title for your book? You want a title test. And by title test, I'll give you an example. Um, one of the books that inspired me early on was The Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, which you're nodding. Most of you are familiar with it. Now, Tim Ferriss hated the title of the book. It was title tested and it came back with rave reviews. The title sells the book. So always, always, always do a title test. You can do a title test tool. You can test in your personal audience. You can ask people, what do they think of, you know, we've already titled te title tested the next book, Heart-Centered Sales, The Art of Conversion. And it comes back, it, it explains the book, right? And you get it, you understand it. So I really recommend title testing in books as well as programs, as well as events. So, you know, do people lean in and opt in or do they kind of go, huh? Do they have a question mark in front of their face? And then you'll kind of know, it'll kind of sit with you and be like, oh yeah, yeah, that is it. They've affirmed it. You know it. You like it. They like it. And then you get clarity. So great question. Yeah. Yeah. Other questions? Yes. So I, I like the idea of the compact, simple books. Mm -hmm. And uh, it feels more encouraging both as a reader and, and the, the writer. Any, any um, thoughts or feedbacks in terms of getting things published or getting things out there that it needs to be of any particular length? Or, or small guidebooks really just yeah so the question is is there any um protocol or any any trends out there as far as like or what what is needed as far as like size of the book length of the book um yeah yeah I think depending on the type of book that you're you're writing go and do your due diligence go and see what books are selling mm -hmm. that are similar to what you're doing what do the lengths look like depending on what you're doing you know for me this is my own personal style and we just did a little bit of research um had a couple of books that i just really loved that were the, these books are around 120 pages i think yeah. one's 120 140 or so pages so when i looked at books that i personally read and could consume and might read them mm -hmm. once or twice they were about this size and they were also you know, this size of a book. So I think do your due diligence, go do your research and kind of feel it out and see what's going to work for, for your own personal book. I would also say, if I could add, um, there's lots and lots and lots of different options. And depending on what you're trying to do, um, there's so many different ways that you can choose to share information. There's books of lists, which I love. I love those. They're very easy to consume the information. There's, you see a lot of these um, books that they're kind of smaller books, but they have inspirational sayings and quotes. And so, so um, I was actually having a conversation with somebody the other day and a light bulb went off above her head and she said, oh, I thought I had to write some big 
you know, some big book, but I can do something that kind of more fits me. I said, absolutely. You can do whatever you want. Now there are some requirements for publishing on Amazon, some length requirements and, um, but, but yeah, I mean, there's so many different choices you have. So you don't really have to follow, you don't have to follow anybody's rules. You can do, you can do what you want. Um, so, all right. Another question. Sorry, I'm like halfway even off. I want to really ask a question. So, so how did you contend with the genre change? Because, you know, starting out with the diet being kind of. Yeah, that's a great question. How did it? You know, the question is, how did I contend with the mm -hmm. genre change? Because this is a this is a sort of a how-to on health, mm -hmm. fitness, and nutrition. And this is really a how-to on how to make money. So the way that these books are tied together is, you know, my personal story was, as I shared a little bit, my family has always been in business. So I've had this background somewhat in sales, marketing, networking. So, you know, I was in the personal training industry selling personal training for self and teams. And my own personal story is I really struggled with my nutrition. I was at one point 34 pounds overweight at not even five feet tall. I was addicted to sugar and I figured out the formula to overcome that. So I wanted to share that story. Now, coming from a personal training sales background, I really went 2.0 into sales process. I talk a little bit about my history in the fitness industry and how I expanded into other fields. And so the books are really bridged that way with my own personal story. And I think people have also followed me. We know when we say we got to market your book, well, I've marketed through social media, right. my own personal story. So when people know me, they know me for my story. They know me for struggling in areas of life and you know reinventing myself and moving into the next thing and having, having a really good time while doing it. So I think it's um, sharing the story and letting people understand how it wasn't just quit one field and go to another. They're very much bridged together, but great question. Yep. All right, I think we have time for one more question. Anyone have one last question? Okay, I do. Okay. So what is the investment, um, the capital investment that you have to make to get this book published? It's a good question. So what is the capital investment you have to make to get the book published? Yeah, I mean, I think that that depends on the level of the folks that you're you're working with. I think you can get a great graphic designer to design your cover for a few hundred dollars. You would certainly want to, you know, talk to someone like Jennifer about coaching you and invest in that. But I would venture to say that depending on how much work you want to do yourself and and how much coaching you need, you know, you really can do it very reasonably. So it's a that's a it depends, you know, just like one person who said my book is 99% done, probably very small investment. There are other folks who are really not going to be great at writing. And again, I have an English teacher for a mother. I am a writer and I am writing as my strong suit. Like if we were to go back through school, I would say, yes, I can write, you know, mathematics, you know, I need a calculator, <laughs> so, but I, I think it, there's, a, there's a lot of, it depends there, but it doesn't have to be that much. I think where I start to get a little concerned is sometimes I see people investing umpteen thousand dollars, expecting to make a lot of money from the book itself. Now, a book is going to cost you money in terms of time. It's going to cost you some money in terms of working with someone. And your return on that financial investment is very small. Where it's going to really pay off exponentially is in your business 
if you're a speaker and speaking translates into clients and dollars, if you're a professional and you're going to brand yourself as someone who stands apart from the other people in your field, I don't care what kind of book you wrote, to be an author that, what is it, the 6% of people who finish their book is really going to put you on such a different level. It's kind of like for those of us that have children, you can talk about having kids or you can talk about adopting the puppy, but you don't know what it's like until you've got the baby or the puppy <laughs> and you're now, you're now, you're involved into another state. So um, it, it really puts you on a whole nother level to have any book of any kind in hand. It's, it's a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I have one more question. Sure. One last question for you. What? Do you have any books that have really inspired you? Um, books that like you always like to recommend or anything that you would um, you think the audience should should know about? Yeah, yeah. I would say there's one book that I read many years ago that I really love. It's it's a book just exactly the size of this book. It is called The Secret Door to Success mm -hmm. by Florence yeah. Scovelshin. And I believe it was written in the 1930s. Read that book over and over again. And it, it's, it's just about being successful. And so I felt like at the time I could flip that book open and any, any page would speak to me. And she told a story about, she told a story in the book about a woman who wanted a diamond ring. She didn't have the money to go buy a diamond ring. She talked about it. She thought about it. Pretty soon a friend gifted her a diamond ring. Mm -hmm. So it, it really kind of brings us to that, you know, thoughts do become things. So that was a very inspiring book for me. Um, but you know, I'm an avid book reader. I, I buy stacks of books and I don't always read the whole thing. I might thumb through them. Atomic Habits, great book. Yes. I love productivity. I love actually getting something done. I'm very, very high on, you know, be, making a decision and executing on it. Mm -hmm. So, um, gosh, uh, I think those would be the first books that come to mind. Anything by Dan Kennedy. Anything oh, by, yeah. by Dan Kennedy. I think his books are fantastic. Right, right. Yeah. No BS Time Management by Dan Kennedy, an absolute favorite. Read that book a couple of times. And yes, the second time I read it, it was it was very, very different than the first time. So those are just a few books, food for thought. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you, Catherine, for joining us. This was really good information. Thank you for everyone who joined us here at the club. Um, love the the interaction. Thank you so much for, for your participation. For the audience on the podcast, all the information that Catherine shared, we, we, there are links um, to her books, links to how to get in touch with her and her social media out on the show notes. So you can access those there. Um, and thank you so much for listening. This has been The Author's Way. Hey guys, thanks so much for sticking around and, and listening to the podcast. If you're still here, then then you must have heard all of it. And so I, I hope you got some really good insights out of that. I know I did, and I really enjoyed uh, talking about talking about the process. And one of the things I hope that, that you can take away from this conversation is the process of writing your book doesn't need to be stressful. It can, it can really be joyful. And once you know the process and know the steps that you can take to make the, to make the process easier, I hope you can find a lot of joy in that and, and really have fun with it. You heard Catherine and I talking about 
you know, being able to go away for a weekend and spend some time really working on the book, but we didn't just spend the, spend the weekend just working. We had, we had some fun. We tried out some restaurants. We, um, you know, we had some really good conversations during that time. And, and so we, we made it uh, a very productive, but also, you know, a great experience. So, so find ways to do that for yourself. As always, please reach out to me if you have questions, if you have ideas for topics, if you, you know, you have a, have a great author that you'd like to hear from, or if you are an author and you think you would make a great guest for the podcast, please reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes. And so feel free to use that. Thanks so much. And hopefully I will see you on the next one.